0: The COVID and post-COVID economy have accelerated pre-existing retail trends around digital. As e-commerce spend has increased and in some sectors become more profitable than bricks and mortar, retailers need to keep in mind three key things as they evolve for success. I'm Steve Dunn. I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the Workday podcast today by Craig Crawford, digital transformation strategist for the retail sector and founderpreneur of Crawford IT. Craig, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, well, it's great to have you back on the show. I know you're joining us today from from a, a very uh, humid New York City, so we're really grateful you can be with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I also know you're, you're going to be joining us at uh, Work to Industry Insights Europe, which is uh, a digital event we're hosting on the 18th of November. So before we kick off, I'm going to shamelessly plug the uh, that event and tell our listeners that they can hear more from you. Uh, our customers and other industry experts by registering at workday.com forward slash industry insights. And that's my shameless plug over before we begin, Craig. That's oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to today's agenda. I know you've been really busy thinking about how retail needs to evolve and, and move forward in the post-pandemic world, Craig. It's It sounds almost uh, apocalyptic, doesn't it? But <laughs> you've handpicked three key things that retailers should be thinking about as we uh, move into the future. I think you're going to kick us off by talking about the importance of the digital journey and, and how kind of UX, uh, UX you know, user experience is, is key to customer spend.
1: Yeah, it, it really is when you when you think about how we've been forced, really, to use technology to to stay in touch and to communicate in, in this pandemic world, um, we've just had new expectations of it. We, we expect it to be good. we expect it to work. And it's terribly frustrating when it doesn't. You know, I, I lecture with universities and I say all the time to students, there's no such thing as no design. You know, if you look around the room, everything you see that's man-made has been designed, which, by the way, can be pretty scary when you see how much bad design <laughs> there really is. But the same holds true now with technology. We are used to or expect um, frictionless experience. And I know that's sort of buzzword, but I want to be able to find things where I want them. I want to be able to do things as I want to do them. And, you know, technology is so commonplace that Zoom is now a verb, right? That's just kind of funny to me. And even in healthcare in the UK, ping is now a verb. It's something the government does if you've been exposed or you've been in an area that has COVID. When, you know, going back to... To my my time at Burberry, we understood UI and UX being so important. And in fact, we hired some of the best talent in the world, talent that went on to work at Apple, talent that went on to work at Tesla, understanding uh, how humans interact with technology and their expectations. Because, well, as Angela used to say, we, we wake up, open the phone, and life begins, right? It's our glue, our emotional glue to the world. And so we just need it to be Uh, easy and fun. And and therefore, shopping also needs to be that same experience. So it's not just how the technology works, but how are you curating things? How are you making things easy for me to digest? How are you learning about me? And so often, I find that retailers and brands still look at e-commerce and digital as a separate channel. And as a separate channel or a separate store, it has its own different experience that seems to be built around how the operations of the organization work. So IT has sort of cobbled it, Not, and I'm not having a go here at IT, but limitations of old legacy systems that were built for different purposes become imposed on the user experience. For example, I, wanna, I want to I buy some groceries and I want to have them delivered. Why do I have to pick a delivery slot before I shop? Why do I have to do that? It just seems so silly to me, like, oh, well, you're telling me when something's available for delivery. Now that we've got that covered, carry on with your shopping. No, 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 no. Let me shop and then let me figure out when I want my groceries delivered. You may not be able to bring them to me when I want, but don't make me do that first. It's a glaring example of the sort of thing that operationally we worry about stuff. Uh, From a technology perspective, nobody, you know, digital needs to be a swan. It's just beautifully moving along. Nobody needs to see IT, the feet of the swan. No one needs to see that. No one needs to know what's going on. I I remember when we started to embrace uh, Macs for business, uh, you know, Apple for business, Apple for enterprise, Um, it was really confusing to a lot of the people at Burberry in IT Um, because they were used to maintaining, they were used to defragmenting a PC, they were used to uh, doing things. And the beauty of of Apple was it's self-healing, it updates, it does its own thing. We didn't have to have a hand on it. And and the same now is true of digital. Consumers should just be able to get on with what they want to do as quickly as possible, whether that's looking at something or whether that's actually buying it. Because don't forget, you know, Digital drives in-store traffic. Digital is awareness. Digital is discovery. If you can't, you know, if you cannot navigate, you're going to abandon. And interestingly enough, UI UX are the deciding factor for purchase, right? Much more so than the price. It's the journey itself uh, that people respond to. We expect to be able to buy in one click. We just do because we can. You know, Amazon has has built that into our expectations now, <laughs> that we can see something and click buy now, and we're done and carry on with what we need to do. Uh, and yet, brands struggle with things like that. So, yeah, the UI UX is, is is number one there. And this isn't, by the way, as you said, this is a trend that the pandemic has accelerated. This is not new. We've been moving towards this. Yeah. But here, but here we are now with these expectations, and yeah. it's hard for
0: brand, hard for brands to do that. Yeah absolutely yeah i I love how you're talking about the journey and i was i was actually reading one of your your recent articles um you know this idea that digital is very much a journey and it's not it's not a project it's not something you do and then you put it in a cupboard and it's done it's like an ongoing process um i think a lot of retailers need to hear that right i think you know part of the journey is helping retail staff evolve as well as part of that and with that in mind, you know, how can retailers empower their teams in, in this omni-channel world that you were just um, talking about there, Craig?
1: Well, you know, I know this sounds, and all of my friends in retail will probably ping me notes for saying this, a positive or a negative, I don't know. But you would think we would, as brands and retailers, be listening to our store staff. And that is one of the things that we don't do very well. We don't give them a feedback loop. We, we will try something and we will push to have it done. And then we will look at the aftermath and then we will kind of brush the crumbs away. And that is terrible. Um, it, the, the people are the key to this. And if we are trying to get more consumers into store via digital, or we are trying to fulfill orders in store that have been uh, come in on digital. The staff needs to be trained. That's not arduous training manuals. That's not pulling them into offsite. You know, if you have a presence, and every brand does at this point, on social media then your teams in-store need to know what's happening. They need to have time to look at that social media. They need their own, you know, TikTok accounts or Instagram accounts or wherever the brand is. And they need to understand the frequency um, of information cascading. And that, because if a consumer comes into the store and says, hey, I want this. And you're like, what is that? I've never seen TikTok before. How? how do, are you going to feel comfortable This could this, this retail associate? It's going to help you find your size if they don't even know what the brand is saying. So closing that is so important and keeping the staff in, in abreast of these new initiatives or, or marketing campaigns or uh, promotional or whatever's happening. But aside from that, understanding how click and collect work. You know, I worked with a brand that when orders came in, they were quick to goods receipt them in because they knew they needed to know that. But what the team hadn't been informed was the second that they Uh, click that goods receipt in it sent an email to the customer saying your item is available for collection in store so in the beginning they were in goods receiving in product and then you know consumers were coming and saying hey i got a message it's ready and they were like what oh we haven't really unpacked that yet we haven't got it ready for you and then that requires space in the store right so some of the stores actually close fitting rooms so they have the operational space. Most people, consumers certainly don't know this, but the back office in a retailer is small, right? Because the square footage is about product. So you keep everything out, you keep, you know, everything for the consumer. And suddenly we're now having to close fitting rooms because we don't have a place to things and make it lovely and all of that, because you can't just do that at the cash wrap, de- uh, wrap desk. You can't unpack boxes. And- so the stores become these distribution hubs. Likewise, if something's sold, you've got to pull it, and you've got to pack it, and you've got to get it ready. And all of these things mean that's taking the, the, some of the staff away from the traditional duties. So as, as their work evolves, you either need to, need to look at different skill sets and hire people to do that, or... You you, you upskill and or cross-skill and help people understand that they're multitasking now in ways they haven't, and then listen to them. If that is too hard to do, let them tell you that so you can help make it work. Don't just say, get on with it, or don't ignore them. Your retail team are on the front line. They know what's working. They know what the consumers want. Give them a place to participate in this. Let them have a forum. It's so important to the success of any of these digital journeys, for the people to to be involved and to have feedback and to make it work. It's the people. It, it, technology just doesn't do it. We're not. We don't have robots going picking and packing and, collecting and all of that. We've got people doing it. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So they've got to be part of it. Got to be part of it. So listen to the staff. Can't say that enough. Listen to the staff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love it. And, you know, a uh, kind of an extension to that, which sort of runs into our, th- our third or your third trend, should I say, you know, thinking about that, you know, empowerment, but also thinking about transparency, I think, which is a really important term that you talk about. And, you know, ESG is, is coming even more to the fore these days, you know, so, so transparency is an important concept for retailers, isn't it? How do you see that trend evolving, not just for for staff, but also, you know, the transparency with customers as well?
1: Yeah. You know, we're in a, we're in a place that 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 technology allows us to be uh, open and honest about what's happening, and and because we've all lived in a, a, a very scary and threatening time with this invisible you know virus uh, enemy, um, we we're thinking about what we're buying. We're thinking about what we're needing. We're buying less. We're focusing on different products. Uh, Categories, you know more things at home less dressy clothes uh, looking at food differently um because obviously we we've, we've been in lock we have been in lockdown for such a long time and so we start to think about what we was making this and where is it coming from and because we also have more time quite frankly um in our lives to research and learn and understand. And so we care about things like where my clothes are made and were the people treated fairly or were the animals treated fairly or were the um you know its environment how is it impacted? Um and brands need to be transparent on what they're doing and and I come from the fashion industry which is known for being a terrible polluter of the environment and not particularly wonderful to all the workers globally or uh, animals used in the manufacture of and People want to understand who they're doing business with they want to know that and and so when brands put campaigns on to talk about their sustainability initiatives there needs to be data behind that it it it's hard to tidy as you go it's just hard to look at uh because it changes so much and so we then often as brands are after the fact gathering data and then trying to, to tell the consumer what's happening. So we need to look differently at are we asking these questions up front and as we begin at the beginning of, of our design and development process for any product, whether whatever the category is, how are we taking into account animal, environmental and human welfare and how do we record that? Because greenwashing doesn't work. You just can't say by 2040, we will be green. What does that even mean, first of all? And secondly, who was going to be working at that organization by 2040 to make it happen? Right. So but they make brands do this. Brands make these claims. So we're, we're much more savvy as consumers. Um, but that also means we care about how we treat people at work, not just the people who are making clothes or whatever, you know how diverse is the organization how you know how do we treat minorities how do we treat uh you know women uh, how, how do we tr- how do we treat LGBTq plus I mean it, it, the, the list how are we working with people who are living with disabilities how do we how are we being inclusive and we want to know these things now and technology allows us to do that um but you know you you, you, you can't do it if you're you can't do it falsely and you can't do it as a PR thing it has to be authentic it has to be genuine um, and if you actually look at, at some of the current trends in investment we're, we're finding that you know ESG is an important factor uh, for investment companies looking at brands and retailers they, they are looking at these things seriously when when the bean counters care you know it becomes <laughs> an important thing and that's because consumers care um, and we want to do Uh, Business with people who share our values, and 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 what the good news is is that a digital supply chain and a digital operation allows you to do that data mining. But you need to set yourself up to do that at the beginning. Um, And this again, we we it it is a trend that's been coming, but the pandemic has really accelerated it. Um, And how many how many CIOs have been told, okay, right, our initiative is make sure we can data mine across everything we're doing in, in, in the CSR and the ESG space and that's sort of like whoa brand new brand new for us um happy to do it they're all happy to do it but it's a brand new uh endeavor so yeah that that one i think um is really what's separating the success uh, for those who are evolving because we do want to understand. We want to know how things are progressing as we go. I mean, there are brands now that when you pre-order items, they will tell you where they are in the stage of of its manufacture. They'll help you understand, you know, whether it's a QR code or the technology to have transparency to do that. Um, And that's exciting and fun because it makes anything that you're buying more special to you because you understand the provenance. And we're hungry for that
0: yeah that's a great point there's a, there's a level of um personal experience and sort of transparency there isn't there right, right across that so it's yeah. hugely hugely important i think yes um, yes and, well craig listen that was absolutely fascinating I, as, as always i could i could listen to you talk all day and i think you, you could probably talk all day if you if you needed to um absolutely amazing <laughs> uh, Thanks so much for for joining me. And for our listeners, don't forget, if you want to hear more from Craig and and a vast array of retail experts um, at Workday Industry Insights Europe, that's on the 18th of November. You can register at workday.com forward slash industry insights. Craig, thanks so much for joining me. I'll let you get back to the the New York heat um, and enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's
1: really a pleasure to be here. And I'm looking forward to the event in November. And hopefully by then it will have cooled down a little. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I hope so thanks so much I'm Steve Dunn and today on the Workday Podcast you've been listening to Craig Crawford digital transformation strategist for the retail sector and the founder of Crawford IT until next time thanks for listening